And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you'll save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, Patrick, we, we're not just discussing a 5 to nothing win over the Seattle Mariners. We are discussing the sixth one-hitter in the history of the Colorado Rockies. The seventh time in their history they've thrown a one-hitter or better, for those of you thinking, right, the Ubaldo, the, the, the one time they, they threw a no-hitter. One of the best pitching performances in Colorado Rockies history. It came combined as a team and in the major league debut of Ryan Castellani. What a ball game from Rockies pitching. Oh, and if that's not enough, you do have the Dodgers losing and the Padres losing to give the Rockies even more of a lead in the NL West, and with a couple other losses, Marlins being one of them, Cubs, your Colorado Rockies now have a 786 winning percentage, the best in all of Major League Baseball. What a night. What What a night. Uh, Night. And actually, as, as our guy Kirby points out, pretty good Denver sports day. A tough loss at the last second there for the Avs, but the Nuggets gonna get a win in double overtime. The Rockies... Improved to 11-3. and three. Uh, They win another ball game that, on paper, it looked like ahead of time. Maybe they shouldn't now. They're, they're basically 2-0 and in games where you looked at it on paper and went, mm, that pitching matchup doesn't settle out so well for the Rockies. And the first, that ended up kind of being the case with Chichi Gonzalez, and the offense bailed them out and won them that game. But that was not the case tonight. We No, I can't put it off. I was going to try to put it off. I was going to go through a couple of comments. I was going to tease for a second, maybe talk about the bullpen first and put the draft king of the game back. I can't. We can't do it, Patrick. Can't do we it. have got to talk about the young man, Ryan Castellani, drafted out of high school by the Colorado Rockies 47 years ago, I think, uh, has gone through injury issues he never had great numbers in the minors always kind of been challenged by the Rockies one level ahead of where he would maybe normally be and so his numbers never look great Uh, he's had some command issues here and there he's drawn comparisons to Max Scherzer before because of the delivery and I didn't want to 
you know, stress that too much before his start tonight. But boy, were there a lot of people like I'm almost surprised that Max Scherzer wasn't trending because of Ryan Castellani. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good story. How they, you know, the kind of relationship that they had, so to speak, and um, and and just how they they do look a lot alike. Kind of three quarter uh, arm slot coming out of there. You saw that one to seven o'clock curveball right now to true 12 to 6 where it's dropping down it's kind of slashing across a little bit there it was very effective i think he used it for that first strikeout of jp crawford to open the game so you know as as great of a start as it was where you say hey you struck out the first guy you face in the major leagues on three pitches kid it can't get any better than that start wow it start it off and yeah patrick he, he kept going he pitched uh, you know, th- just the four plus, I love it that we're, we're always going to have to say four plus. That's another fun, weird, interesting thing about this because he was perfect for those first 12 hitters that he faced. Really, really impressive stuff out there. He was giving up some hard hit balls. I, I will say that the um, the thick air of Seattle, this is twice now we've sort of seen the opposite of Coors Field. I felt this way in Texas. We're seeing it again here in Seattle. I counted three against him that I thought, hmm, in some other ballparks, in some other conditions, maybe in a day game, uh, that's going to get out. Uh, So maybe not as great a start from a process standpoint as it seemed, but he also was getting a lot of swings and misses. He was breaking off a filthy curveball and um, he ends up being our draft king of the game. And by the way, remember to use that promo code DNVR because you can get a sign-up bonus of up to 1000 bucks on that thing. But because of the poise that he showed in his ability to get through this game, and you saw there he came out in the fifth after the Rockies did about 20 minutes worth of scoring, and he just didn't have it anymore. And I think Buddy wisely went, you know what? I'm going to let this kid walk out of here out of his first major league start, having not given up a hit, knowing he's put us in a position to win the baseball game. You gave him an opportunity to continue with the perfect game, of course, before he ends up hitting Dan Vogel back right there at the beginning of the fifth, gave him that next batter as well. And you're right, he had six hard-hit balls against him. In fact, that, that ball that Kyle Lewis hit in the first inning had a, a rather high expected batting average on. Again, good placement with Garrett Hampson out there and left, and again, just just being so speedy. Or something. Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Lewis is 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 a beast. But but you know what they say, you know, sometimes luck or good luck is a residue of design. And I think exactly the way that that, that Buddy drew it up, where he was going to get more innings out of Castellani, he said it pregame that while you think maybe Jeff Hoffman deserves a start, he hasn't been doing it. The Rockies have needed him as a long reliever, and he just wasn't really able to probably go four or five innings. Now, he did go three innings tonight, uh, only gave up that one hit to J.P. Crawford there in the sixth inning, two hours after the game started. Two hours? Think about that. Yeah. 120 minutes went by before Seattle were able to get their first knock, and then no, you know, then all the time went by before they're going to get their next one because yeah. they didn't get they didn't get anything more than that. And and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but Herman Marquez no hit watch begins now. I that mean, could yeah, happen the, tomorrow. That the, 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 now turn around and hand <laughs> the ball to that guy. Like you said, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. But 
Uh, the comments section absolutely blowing up here. Very excited about Ryan Castellani. I was trying to figure out, I saw the question come in here, um, where, where it was so long ago that he was drafted. I was trying to remember where. Yeah, so it was 2014, and uh, he was selected in the second round. I, I forget second. what the actual number was. I thought it might have been in, like in the in the 40s or, or something like that. But, um, yeah, second round um, pick uh, for, for a kid, you know, who's, who's playing ball in, in Arizona. So he's doing it, you know, year-round. So um, that was a, a really big coup that they were able to, to nab him. Yeah, he was uh, 48th uh, overall right there. So finally, you know, getting that opportunity to do it, you know, working out well at the satellite site and provided some length, which was, you know, really helpful. You, you think about a game like this where, you know, your, your, your fifth starter or just your starter in general is not going to be able to go. And in this weird truncated season, who can you rely on for innings? Well, they only end up using four guys. That's pretty darn impressive. And again, with Marquez going tomorrow, you think, man, that's really going to shape up really well going into that Arizona series back at home at the start of next week. Yeah, I mean, really, this this couldn't have come at a at a better time. You got to assume it's going to be confidence building for Castellani as well. If they decide which you would think they would, to at least hand him the ball the next time out, and you know maybe he won't be on quite as strict a pitch limit. Maybe then, but he gives him a chance to work through it a little bit more. But it's still only five more days. There's only so much more time to to get that. He's, he's still not going to be at a hundred. You know, whatever we see of him uh, to this point. And he kind of matches up perfectly here with Jeff Hoffman, as you were talking about. How how about the job from this young man who has had all of the doubters and for plenty of reason over the years after he had one month at the beginning of 2017, which feels like forever ago when he was really good. That's kind of the only time he's had success in the majors. And until now, he's, he's really been good out of the bullpen so far this year for the Rockies. And inheriting this situation today, trying not to give back all of the momentum that the offense has just gotten. couple of guys on. You also don't want to throw away the great start from the kid. And Hoffman goes out there, and in five pitches, the inning is over. Yeah, I can't believe it was only 31 pitches in three innings. And he walked a batter, too. So that's that's pretty impressive. He was that you know efficient. He was pitching to contact, only gave up two hard-hit balls, three grounders. Two fly ball outs struck out. Uh, he struck out two batters there. So again, you you like to see that and say, you know what, Jeff, you know you you might be able to ratchet it up to to ninety seven miles per hour on a good day. But again, just pitch to that weak contact, right? Uh, let your defense behind you do the work, and and they they did absolutely that. You know, there there weren't too many Ks for the Mariners overall, and yeah, really promising to see Hoffman do that and. And that's what you want is for him to, to go out with these longer outings to then say, well, all right, maybe you can transition back into that starting pitcher. And, and you know, there are teams out there that probably look at him as, as he still could be a starting pitcher. But on this team right now, he's not. And you, you like that, that competitive um, balance, if you will, between Castellani and Hoffman where you say, all right, well, Jeff, maybe maybe you can go and, and take Castellani's uh, spot uh, as the fifth man in the rotation, but uh, that probably won't be happening until Castellani gives up 
his first hit at as a big leaguer. Hit. Yeah. <laughs> at least he's going to have to give of, up. Of all the firsts, of all the firsts he was able to accomplish tonight, there was one in which he failed. So, you know what? We got to be fair. Uh, he failed to give up his first hit. So, do they Ryan keep Castellani, that baseball? Do they throw that one into the dugout? Hey, here's the first hit you give up, man. They should for the next. That would be great. Somebody yeah. should do that. No, he just <laughs> should get to keep all of the game balls because he didn't give up any hits. So there you go. Just give him a bucket full and go. Hey, yeah. this is from your first start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a couple of people asking questions in here, and I see. And I, I, I'm going to toast to them while we ask about them. I see Rachel asking, "When will the national media start discussing the Rockies, or am I missing it?" Henry saying Colorado really needs more national attention thanks to their five straight series wins. Thank you. I knew there was one stat I had left out of the intro. You got me, Henry. You got me. Uh, They could own the NL West if the Rockies keep winning and the Dodgers keep losing. Well, certainly that would be the formula to make it happen. Absolutely. But you got to ask yourself this question as I toast my Breckenridge brew to the national media. Do you want them? paying attention to your Colorado Rockies. Is that a thing that you're into and and believe in? Because I will say, I don't know that it's necessarily a thing that I buy into. I'm not a, what's the phrase? I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. Yes. Very apropos uh, as a Charlie Blackman quote um, that, that he's now made famous. We're going to, we're going to attribute attribute it to him at this point. Why not? (laughs) Why not? That's right. And so, uh, but, but I do think about this. National media slept on the Rockies in 2017. They slept on them in 2018. They were all over them in 2019. They caught up in 2019. They were the team. They were the sexy dark horse pick in 2019. We all know what happened. They went away and abandoned them. I'm not sure you necessarily, again, I don't buy into that too much. I do think there's something about expectation and pressure that comes with those things. Um, but yes, like many of you, I do get very frustrated at times when it's like, uh, like when, when they were down in Texas and they put up the graphic about the best players over the last three years and it's Joey Gallo and Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger. And you're like, I feel like you're missing somebody. Stuff like that does get irritating at the same time. They'll talk. They'll 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 find out. They're all they're about to find out. Yeah, I think I think it's it's starting to turn a little bit. You know, there I saw a graphic recently about the top ten pitchers in the game, and Herman Marquez was on that list. So it's like, okay, it's it's starting right. And then again, you know, if they're able to to pull out a win again tomorrow against uh, Seattle, which you definitely think they're going to with Marquis Del Rey uh, on the hill, they're going to go into Monday. Not not only with the NL West lead, but they're still going to have the best record in all of baseball. And Monday morning, people are going to open up their paper, they're going to boot up their laptop, and they're going to see that the best record is the Colorado Rockies. And they're going to start to believe. They're going to see how well they're playing on the road. Right now, they're they're six and one, I believe, on the road. That's right. Uh, they're four and one against teams with winning records. So they're doing it in a lot of different ways. Again, this is a small sample size, but. It doesn't matter because anytime there's a, a sample size of now 14 games, uh, two plus weeks, you go, well, wait a minute, this team has been playing incredibly well for these two weeks. What does that mean? If it's a team that's not very good, you say, man, 
they're going to be exciting in a couple years when some of these young guys you know, start to develop even more. We're getting a glimpse of that. Or if you have a great team doing it, you go, well, this is what we expect. Well, now you've got a team like the Rockies who people didn't know what group to put them in. Are they kind of a, you know, the bottom of the middle tier? Are they at the top of that lowest tier? Regardless of what you thought, they are starting to show you that, hey, you know what? They deserve to be a lot higher. They deserve to be appreciated a lot more. And really the conversation as far as national media is concerned is when you get to the season-ending voting and you say, it doesn't matter because the Rockies are going to have a win-loss record based on what they do on the field, and that's the bottom line. Right. Really, national media only factors in when you say, hey, wait a minute, how many votes did you give this guy? Or where did you put at Nolan Arenado on your ballot or Charlie yeah. Blackman in this instance? That's where it becomes vital, and I'm glad that they're starting to see what they're doing now so early in the season. A hundred percent. There's one other way that I'm glad Christopher wrote in because I was going to say almost the exact same thing just about, you know, awards and obviously eventually the Hall of Fame. That's when you really care about this. Christopher mentioning though, I want the national media attention so I can watch Rockies games while back <laughs> in college later this month. Sometimes if you mm. get that respect from the national media, they put you on TV that more people have access to. And that's nice as well. So that's one of the things that can come with it. But uh, there, there's certainly an argument to, to be made that uh, the Rockies are doing just fine flying under the radar, as, as the proverbial phrase goes. And there's one, I don't know how we got 16, almost 17 minutes into this without talking about this next person. And a little too late, or a little too much, a little too late, again, you say the whole thing, writes in quite simply, and I hope this is a tattoo you're planning on getting, Chuck Nasty for president. Patrick, he's hitting 455. That's not a typo. It's a real no. thing. He came up. This is what blew my mind uh, about the Charlie Blackman thing. And I see Will throwing some stats I'm going to put up here in just a minute. But he was two for two in the game already, bringing his batting average up to like 420 something. And then he comes up with the bases loaded. And my baseball brain went, damn. He's, he's opposite due, right? He's had too many hits lately. He's going to roll one over and do a double play because this is baseball. And dude launched one off the top of the wall in right field on a night where nothing was traveling like yeah, he's, he's just been unstoppable, whether you're a right-handed pitcher, whether you're a left-handed pitcher. He's been just phenomenal. He's, he's picking up the slack that, um, that Nolan Arenado has, has been unable to do, uh, going 0 for 12 with runners in scoring position. Whereas Charlie Blackman, I think one of the stats was what, he's, he's 12 for 20 against left-handed pitching which is insane right there. So, And just what he's been able to do to separate Story and Arenado too, the two right-handed bats, like the depth and, and the flexibility that uh, that gives Buddy, or at least uh, the, the pickle that it puts the opposing manager in, because now you can't just bring in your, your best right-handed hitter, or maybe you bring in your best left-handed hitter. It doesn't matter. Charlie Blackman is hitting it. He's second in baseball uh, right now in batting average behind Donovan Solano. Get out of here, Donovan. You don't belong Donovan in that group. Solano. So those two are the only guys batting over 400. And, oh, who's in third place? DJ LeMahieu. But we'll talk about that another day. Ooh. 
Yeah, he's leading all of baseball in on-base percentage and an OPS right now. He's fifth uh, after Saturday night. So he's he's doing it on on all fronts, and it's it's just so impressive right now um, to to see what he's doing and, and leading this offense. Who Buddy has has said it the last couple days, they have still yet to hit their stride. They they are not even close to what he expects them to be. No. Will pointing out Charlie Blackman's got a 299 OPS plus against left-handed pitching right now. A 1357 raw OPS against lefties. The guy you figure, well, I'll go get my best one of these and and they'll come get Charlie Blackman out. He should be an honorary switch hitter. He's an honorary switch hitter. I would right. really be curious. We'll have to ask Eddie Murray one day if we ever have the Orioles great on the podcast. Is he an honorary switch hitter? I know he only does it from the left, but that's that's impressive. It, it, it was, I mean, like I said, I, I really did say, and I, and it's silly because you think, well, he's hot right now, but when he had two hits in the game and, you know, three hits in the game before that and two hits in the game before that and a hit in the game before that and three hits in the game before that and he comes up with the bases loaded, you just go, this is the one. This is the one he rolls over, you know, into the double play and he crushed the first pitch he saw and... Yeah, you, you start going, maybe this... By the way, Trevor Scorey scored another... Uh, I think I just called him Trevor Scorey. <laughs> That's a thing. That's a thing now. It's going All to right. be. All right. He scored another run on that one, so check your, your DraftKings Sportsbook app for that because that continues to be a thing. Charlie Blackman, obviously, in the hits department, that continues to be a thing. Got to be careful now. Charlie Blackman might steal that MVP right out from underneath Trevor Story's nose if he's not careful. Grabbed another stolen base tonight. That'll help in the in the old uh, box score, as it were. He did. Yeah, uh, Blackman has 25 hits so far this season. Tops in all of baseball. And Trevor Story, Trevor Story has 13 <laughs> runs scored. Uh, three guys right now have 14, and they've all played at least one more game. Than him, right. so Rocks had a couple off days there early. His so. bets are looking good. Yeah, yeah, just just amazing stuff from these guys. But I, I, I gotta say, I agree with what you were saying that Bud Black had said. How, wow, there was a lot of stuff that got said in that sentence. So basically, uh, I'm your source, is what you're saying. That's correct. That's correct. I've, <laughs> I've got you here on this one. And Mr. Neal points out, God, imagine when Nolan starts raking or David Dahl. Or Ryan McMahon. And I wrote about this a little bit today. I hope uh, all of you are subscribed to the DNVR.com and got a chance to go and read the article that I published because I took the opposite approach of rather than looking at the Rockies' wins and going through why what they're doing, I believe, is sustainable and something that they can continue not to maybe win at this pace, but why their process should continue to create a, a decent amount of wins. I took a look at their three losses to break down the myth that this is a team that's been inordinately lucky or uh, had things just going their way or that everybody is playing well. And when you see the number of at-bats where if Nolan Arenado had just hit one into left field, the team wins the ball game twice out of three losses. So, yeah. Will, you know, Chris Owings and Matt Kemp and some of these guys cool off and, you know, will Ryan Castellani eventually give up a hit and maybe even a run? Probably. But Nolan Arenado's not going to sit on a 2 hundo batting average for the season. And so 
uh, I actually see more on that side of the ledger, Patrick. And I know that I'm, I, you know, I've been accused of being inclined to see things that way in the past. Um, but I see more of David Dahl getting hot at some point, Ryan McMahon getting hot at some point, Nolan Arenado certainly getting hot at some point. Uh, and I, I don't, while I think the pitching is going to come back to earth, I don't think these guys are going to crash enough for those things to balance off and, and, and be a wash. Yeah. Look at it from this perspective. If you take, take that 2007 Rockies world series team where you had some serious bats there in the middle of the lineup, Brad Hawk, Garrett Atkins, Troy Tulowitzki, Todd Helton. There are so many. Matt Holiday was the, Matt Holiday was the other guy. Yeah. I was, yeah. was, I was like, who am I forgetting in the outfield? Was, uh, there's one. Of those, yeah, yeah. How many great memories are there and how many big plays were made by anybody not named those guys, right? Between Jamie Carroll and Ryan Spielborgs and Willing Rosario, all of those guys who did not hit one through five in the lineup, right? There's so many of them that chipped in, contributed to the, to the greater cause. Slam in the NLDS. <laughs> Precisely right. And, and, and that happened, you know, before they were, they made the playoffs. It's, it's, it's just an example of how you win games. It, it has to be a team effort. And I think for so long, you know, the Rockies have gone without, you know, a full team. I think at any any point, maybe six guys were kind of locked in, maybe, maybe seven. But I really think it right now is a point in which you're getting all nine guys chipping in in a major way on a night-to-night basis. And if one of them isn't, Buddy's been able to kind of sub them out. And you say, okay, well, the starter may not have checked that box. But we're going to have Matt Kemp pinch hit uh, and have a sacrifice fly. We scored the run. Okay, check. Now we got some production out of that spot in the lineup. So I think you're seeing that again. And and a lot was made about Drew Butera starting tonight. We talked about it yesterday. You have to go back and listen to it. But who handled that yes. one hitter, yes. right? Yes. We don't know. We don't know what happens if Diaz or Walters is in there. But the bottom line is Butera was there. He made history tonight. You, you cannot separate. I'm so glad you brought that up because I almost forgot to mention it because uh, he had a couple he had a couple of ugly at-bats tonight, but I will say this. He saw a ton of pitches. I never expected, like, <laughs> his swings don't look good. Uh, you know, when he, when he takes his hack, and I actually thought, I don't know why they took off the bunt in that one. I was happy they put it on in the first place. Have him bunt. Treat him like a pitcher. I'm fine with it. The guy is there to catch, to call a good game, to manage the game, and he did that. You, you, you're you're 100% correct. You can't separate him from the one hitter, from the history that was made tonight. He called that game. He worked a guy who'd never thrown in Major League Baseball before through four perfect innings, and you have to give the catcher credit for that, and that's worth way way more than what he could have given you or what he should need to give you out of the nine-hole spot in the lineup when you've got Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado and all the other guys that you know in this lineup, right? Like, great ball game. A great ball game tonight from Drew Butera. He saw close to, you're right on that, Drew. He saw close to 30 pitches tonight. So it just, again, all right, it, the ledger might be might be barren, uh, no hits. You didn't get on base. That's fine because, again, 
catcher right now is just a defensive position. You want it to be a defensive position with a young guy on the hill making his debut. You got four different pitchers, right, cobbled together for this historic game. Uh, but he still was able to contribute something at the plate. And, again, that's that's all you need from all nine guys in the lineup doing something. And I think probably better than – you know, than, than any time other than that 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 run they had really in, in 2018, they are getting you know full contributions one through nine and even then some from the bench. Will writes in a comment here, and I, I don't know if he intended for me to take it the way I'm going to, but I'm going to. He writes, "I love Marquez, but it's a significant improvement to not have a guy hitting 190 behind Tony Walters." And in normal games, I would totally agree with you. In this DH thing, it's is really great, but you just sparked an idea in my mind. You do not have to DH for the pitcher. And when Marquez is in there, now he throws to Tony, so this isn't going to be an issue. And he's going to throw to Tony. So, But I could think of a world where if Tony wasn't healthy on a given day, he couldn't. Tony wasn't an option. You put Butera in the lineup because he calls a great game. And he can catch, but you actually leave Marquez in and you DH for Butera. I don't know if that's ever happened, to be honest, where you had a, a position player being hit for rather than the pitcher. Um, so I, I, I think that's so taboo. It probably would never oh, happen. But he would never do that. Of course. Right. Right. He wouldn't do that to him. Um, and, and again, you don't, you don't want to, you know, chance it and say, Hey, does Marquez get hurt? You know, running down to second base, that's one of the things that happened to a guy like Chin Ming Wong, who's a name that might not ring a bell to a lot of people, but the dude won back-to-back 20-game uh, seasons with the Yankees, and, and during an interleague game against Houston, who was in the NL at the time, uh, pulled up lame to second base, and his career was just never the same. And yeah. again, as exciting as it is to, to see pitchers who can rake, um, like Marquez and, and Freeland at times too, um, it's it's really just not not worth it. It's not worth it to have that, that highlight of, of Bartolo Colon. You know what I mean? Just for the overall sake of the game, it's, it's something that if the, when the DH comes in, in 20 years from now, you are not going to really remember that and go, gosh, I really wish so-and-so. I really wish Mike Trout Jr., uh, the pitcher, was hitting. Mm, that would be amazing. It would, thought probably wouldn't even come to you at that point. You know, it's, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I, and I see Rachel uh, mentioning uh, Charlie's comments about not wanting to be a half a ball player. And I'll bet you his tune on that will change when his options are half a ball player or not a ball player at all. That's just, look, we're all told, right? That's the line from my, we're all told one day that you can no longer play the child's game. That's right. And, and, and Charlie's going to play for as long as he possibly can. And if that means he can only do it because his only value to whatever team he's on at the time, I think we all hope it'll be the Colorado Rockies for the rest of his career. The only way that that's possible is with the DH. And so I think he'll come around. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, and I also think I wouldn't surprise me if he uh, took a drive down to a, a Model, Model's uh, sporting goods store or Dick's sporting goods and, and bought himself a first baseman's mitt and said, hey, maybe, maybe I could provide something here. 
uh, just to keep my bat in the lineup. Again, depending on um, what they've got at first base, we know Michael Toglia uh, and Grant Levine are, are in the right. pipeline as right. as some some quality first baseman. Uh, Toglia can play a little outfield as well, so we'll see what happens with that. But again, hey, if if that just gets him in the lineup, maybe one extra week um, during this, during the, the season, then then so be it. So. Uh, that that time will come, and it's it's really almost a surprise that it hasn't happened yet uh, when you look at his age. But that's that's all a testament to to Charlie Blackman for the work that he puts in after a game. And I I don't I don't think we've I don't know you and I Drew we were talking recently. I think it must have been to somebody else. It wasn't on the podcast. But for anyone who doesn't know, there were times where we go down to the clubhouse and Charlie Blackman has a big big game or. Or maybe he just had a good game, and you go, oh, I just want to pick his brain really quick. Sometimes, almost after everybody else is gone, he comes into the clubhouse after his workout. He just finishes. Well over an hour after the final out, he's still putting in extra work on a treadmill, weight training, doing whatever he does in his regimen to keep himself sharp. That is how dedicated this guy is, is that even when that bell goes off, and that's the end of the workday, and the rest of the Rockies slide down the back of that brontosaurus, and they go home to their wives. He's still going back into the gym and lifting some weights. Hopefully you got that Flintstones reference. <laughs> I don't think you did, but that's okay. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Flintstones guy. <laughs> Jetsons guy. Got it. Good to know. Uh, I don't know why those shows never quite, not that we need it, but <laughs> I don't know. It didn't quite hit with me. Um so I wanted to find this. Here it is. I'm, I wanted to uh, toot my horn a little bit here, but... Toot away. Now, no, wrong article. I can't find the specific one, but uh, when Charlie Blackman was signed by the Colorado Rockies, I referred to it as... Uh, when, he, when he signed the big extension, the, the, the big thing, that he, the contract he's on now, that a lot of people panned at the time. I referred to it as one of the best contracts in team history, and it was because of what you just talked about and because I knew the age he was at, but I knew the commitment with which he took care of his body and the a- absolute just maniacal nature of the way he approaches this. And, you know, you, you can't play the outfield forever, but look at uh, Nelson Cruz at 40 years old out there still hitting well over 300 hitting massive dongers, playing DH because, again, like, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't feel with that body type. But, <laughs> man, uh, it's – Charlie could stay in this league for a long time and hit for a long time. And I think it's going to be really interesting to check back in on these quotes about the DH for a while because I think it's going to extend his career by five years at least because the guy can rake – and he takes care of his body, and he's so smart. And these streaks, he had over 400 for a month last year. So it's not the only time we've seen him get really, really hot like this. Maybe like this. I don't know. If he does it for another week, this would be the hottest we've ever seen him. But it's because of his approach at the plate. And this team right now really does have the ability to beat you in so many different ways not the least of which is Charlie Blackman remains one of the best hitters in all of baseball. Yeah, and we've had the conversation about Nolan um, wanting to take 
you know, the next step forward and, and basically just kind of cementing his, you know, place in, in Cooperstown and saying, all right, I need to do this for the long haul now. And, you know, last year he made that commitment where he, he dropped some unnecessary weight, changed his diet. Charlie's obviously, you know, a good four years older than, than Nolan, but it wouldn't shock me if, if Charlie Blackman is thinking about the Hall of Fame too. Now he has an incredibly uphill battle, but the the thought came to me even even before any kind of crazy conversation about Cooperstown is, you know, at what point does Charlie Blackman start to to poke his head into the conversation as, hey, am I on the the Mount Rushmore of of all time great Rockies players? Because it's only Helton and Walker that are definitively, you know, carved in stone. We can we can carve their their faces in. They're good to go. There's two spots. We'll have to yeah. get into a debate about all that. But he's trying to to put himself in that upper echelon and while I, I think he, he may have started you know too late in his career you know uh, only one all-star appearance before the age of 30 um, he is a career 306 hitter right now um, if, if he can you know cobble together a few more all-star seasons even if he has to latch on as you know a DH he might not be able to get certain uh, milestones he might not be able to hit certain markers like 400 career home runs and uh, things of that nature. He almost certainly is 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 out of it as far as getting 3,000 hits. But again, the Hall of Fame isn't just for guys that compiled over a long career. It's how good were you for you know a considerable amount of time. And right now, Charlie Blackman is is at a point where he's approaching his you know seventh really good season. Um, and, you know, with MVP votes already, you know, twice he was fifth in MVP a few years back. Uh, if he can continue doing that, which it's not totally out of the realm of possibilities at, at 33 years old, 34 years old, maybe at 35, you know, you at least have to have a conversation about it. And uh, it does get me thinking, you know, is that where the genesis of some of this came from, of what he's doing to to get his body right of where he needs to be because, He's making that contract look pretty darn good right now. Yeah, and, and I really think he could. Like I said, I, I ended up on Nelson Cruz's Fangraphs page today. And I was kind of looking at that for these guys who are 34, 35 years old for both Charlie Blackman and Matt Kemp, who people seem to think was totally done after an injured season a year ago. And, you know, Cruz has actually been better the last five years of his career than he was the five before that. Now that's unusual. That's not the norm, but for these guys who are really smart, big power hitters who are becoming lumbering in their older age, but still know how to work in at bat and have always known how to work in at bat. I think there's life out there for that player. And, and Blackman can take a look at a guy like that and go, man, if I, you know, from age 35 to 40, if I put up, the kind of numbers that I'm putting up, you know, these couple of years that may have seemed absurd to me now, but look at them out there now putting out these crazy numbers. So man, wouldn't that be incredible if he managed to work himself into a hall of fame career, mostly from the age of 34 to 40. Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty remarkable. And again, just to even be in that conversation is, is impressive. And, Again, maybe he's like, you know what, when I get on the ballot, I want to make sure I'm on for at least one year, right? Which, you know, is is no small task, especially 
with how the the Hall of Fame you know ballot has been kind of packed with these guys that frankly have Hall of Fame numbers. Um, maybe they was it's some of it is because some of it is because of, of performance enhancing drugs and things of that nature. But uh, there's a traffic jam in a lot of ways. So even just sticking around for a, a year and getting that five percent um, is something to to kind of pat yourself on the back for. So uh, again, all of that is is out of his control and is so far down the line, but. You know, he's he's just a really impressive player. And, you know, I think even just getting to a point where you could play into your late 30s is impressive nowadays, where that became the norm for so many different guys. Um, like, I, I keep going back to thinking about a, a guy like Steve Finley, who was never like sure. a superstar, but he was able to stick around for a, a long time, played... Uh, at least until he was 40, has a cardboard cutout of himself at Coors Field. So he ended up doing all right for himself. And, you know, once PEDs go away, it becomes a lot harder to stay healthy uh, for that long. We also know right. young guys coming up through the system on league minimum contracts are a lot more desirable than a veteran who you may even have to pay only $2 million to. Um, it's it's hard to stick around for a long time. So uh, Charlie's aware of that, and he, he wants to have – a long career, but ultimately at the end of the day, one season at a time, one game at a time, doing everything he can. And he's he's been, uh, dare I say, he's been the MVP so far uh, of, of these 14 games, his first two weeks of the season. He has Paul asking how much would it help if he hit 400 this year. It certainly wouldn't hurt. That they can put an asterisk next to it all they want. Uh, he'll be very proud of it. But How's that uh, for national media? Yeah, right. Get that attention out there. Do it in a year with 60 games and playing half your games at Coors Field. Start a fight, Charlie Blackman. I hope I hope he does, just so that we can see people rushing to act like it wasn't an accomplishment uh, to hit 400 over a 60-game season. But we've been saying throughout a lot of the year, you know, the, the Rockies have done this without anybody being a, extremely hot. We can't say that anymore. Uh, we have to. We have to mention the one guy who. Well, actually, I got. I got to be straight with you. We got, we got to mention the two of them. We haven't. We haven't talked about Daniel Murphy too much because he wasn't the big hero in this game, but he did have another RBI, another couple of hits, three seventy five batting average on the year. He continues to look amazing, and um, still you got folks coming in saying correctly. I think Arenado winning MVP. How about that? What if that's how it came out, that he actually had a good enough season from here on out that it was Arenado who won MVP? That would shock zero people. That's the untapped potential in an 11-3 team. Yeah, I think even if you go on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, you'll probably notice the line hasn't changed. And you're like, oh, come on, he's he's hitting 180-something. It's certainly I need to, I should be getting paid more for putting some money on him right it, it, it would not be shocking at all um and and i and, and maybe that's what's happening right now is is he's you know he might be pressing just a little bit too much um because yeah. he he wants to win as an individual with each and every one of his at bats uh, and he also wants his team to win but he wants both of those things yeah. and while his team is winning right now he's not winning at the plate went yeah. 0 for 5 again tonight uh, and, and everyone around him is hitting literally. Charlie Blackman goes out as three for five. As you said, Daniel Murphy playing fantastically, hitting 372. He's fifth right now in batting average uh, across 
baseball across MLB. So you got yeah. two guys right there that could possibly hit 400 for the Rockies, which would almost defeat the purpose of hitting 400 to begin with. Only one of them can. One of them has to step aside. <laughs> yeah, go, right. Look, you, you're the guy. Look, Let's not be crazy. No. All right. Well, we have done a lot of podcasts this week, and so we don't actually owe any of our sponsors any further shout-outs. But I just want to say they really help us out. And anytime you can help yeah. them out, it also helps us out, and it helps you out because you get – some beer, like from Breckenridge Brew, Vanilla Porter is what I'm drinking here. As the Rockies go to 11-3, you go down to Green Mountain Dental. They take care of your teeth. That helps you out. You get uh, some Strava Craft coffee. It helps you get going in the morning. It doesn't give you the jitters. That helps you out. And they got that at tap at the bar now, at, the, at our DMVR bar. Real. You can get Strava there now. All of that stuff. You know, you, you go to MSU dot edu slash online you get smarter that helps you out all that stuff really does help all of us out here in the denver and colorado and rockies community those of you out there who are not actually here in state we hear you we see you we love you uh and and we want to make sure that everyone feels a part of this colorado rockies community so Mr. Neal noticing that I am wearing the Purple Rain shirt on the evening. Can't wait to hear that at Coors in November someday, Mr. Neal says. It would be the perfect... I mean, if there's a parade through Denver and they don't play Purple Rain, they are missing out. But again, getting ahead of ourselves. Before that, our men Marquez has got a pitch tomorrow, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, so Take yeah. the over. Take the over on whatever strikeouts you get. <laughs> Take the over. Uh, take the under as far as hits go. Uh, if, if the amount of hits the Mariners are, are going to get is 0 0.5, take the under. You may see a no-hitter tomorrow. You really, I, really could. You, you can't ever say that. I, I'm like, should no, I feel stupid for saying that? But no. it really feels like... It's not a good lineup. And the no. ball didn't travel there. I'm curious to see it in the daytime if someone runs into one. But no. It's <laughs> no, you should. And Marquez, and I mean, we'll run, we'll do this, especially if he has another Sterling start here. We'll dive inside the numbers because I've been looking at some stuff in terms of like how many pitches he's got on the edge, what his whiff rate is, like all the really nitty gritty stuff. The he's pitching well because he's pitching well is is the spoiler. <laughs> if you're wondering why he's throwing a lot of great pitches in really good spots with a lot of movement and velocity and all of those things that you need to pitch well. But yeah, it's gonna be a. I, I suspect it'll be a tough day for the Mariners. And I, and I'm seeing all these parallels to what he did last year in San Francisco, where it was the 16th game of the season. It was a Sunday, right? And it was in the. Well, it was in San Francisco, not exactly the Pacific Northwest, but certainly the Pacific and West uh, and North California. Um, uh, I'm counting it. I'm counting that. And in this instance, it's not the 16th game. It'll be uh, the 15th game in the true Pacific Northwest against a way worse lineup than the Giants had last year. And it, it I don't know. It's lining up. It's too obvious. He's probably going to give up a leadoff home run now. I and know, you no, can blame me, and you can yeah, blame me. That's right. That's fine. It's the, it's the first fine. ones of the, you know, a double in the gap or over the wall. You can blame it on you know, me. You know it was on Patrick. 
Otherwise, you know, you can pick up one of these Purple Rain shirts at dnvrlocker.com. Mm. You got to subscribe to the dnvr.com in general if you don't want to miss out on any of that written content, including the article I wrote taking you through the Rockies' losses, which I'm sure is exactly what you wanted to do at this point. Hey, when they're 11-3, and three, you can kind of ro- romanticize the loss. Oh, yeah. Remember prob- that one time? Drew, it probably could have just been a tweet, right? Because there's only three losses. So, I mean, right. you could have just tweeted that. That out? Right. <laughs> Here's the first one, the second one, the third one. Here's what happened. Yeah. You could basically. fit that into like 200 characters. Yeah, right. I, I probably could have. But, you know, <laughs> I'm a very wordy person. So if you want to read all those words, you got to head over to the dnvr.com. If you want to read the shorter versions of stuff, as Patrick was saying, well, then you got to subscribe. Is that what you do on social media? You don't. You follow. That feels so weird. Follow. Follow me. Be, be a leader out there, but also follow us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNBR underscore Rockies. As I mentioned, make sure you got to get that merch out there at the DNVRlocker.com. And just keep being awesome. Keep being absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. 